When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, well, welcome to World Soccer Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM. It's a pleasure to be with you. I'm your host, Nick Gieber, and I'll be with you every Monday through Friday right here to talk the beautiful game. Uh, It's been a long layoff, uh, to say the least, uh, COVID being the responsible party, but we are now seven games into the Premier League. The league play well underway at this point, as is the Champions League. Uh, It's uh, great to have it back. It's been a long absence. And uh, for those of you that were on me constantly about when is the show coming back, when are you going to be back, well, here I am, folks. Look, you can find me on Twitter, at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. That's the best place to find me. And if you're new to the show and you haven't been listening to me over the last, oh, I don't know, 20 years or more, if you're just coming to the show, uh, well, welcome. It's... uh, really a forum for me to speak what's on my mind about the beautiful game and of course you to participate and I will comment and reply to any uh, tweets or texts. You can find me on Facebook as well, World Soccer Radio. There's so much to talk about but if you're expecting this show to be the usual run-of-the-mill blab about Major League Soccer, USL and all the stuff, this is not the show for you. I just want to repeat that. There are loads of other shows that are going to deal with MLS and the American game. Of course, I do watch it. I do follow it. But this show, it's about the game at its absolute highest level. So that's what I like to talk about. That's what we're going to talk about. Uh, It is great to be back. And of course, there are so many topics to get to. We're going to dive into a few of them today. Most probably most prominent is my thoughts on this situation where we right now have Empty stadia, games going on. Let's talk about the, quote, home field advantage. Let's talk about that 12th man. Is it there? Is it not there? I think you're going to see the effect of the crowd when we look at the table and look at some of the surprises so far this season. And there are a lot of them. Of course, we've got VAR. We've got this weekend's whole slate of games that are now behind us. We're going to talk about it all. Once again, I'm Nick Eber. Find me on Twitter at Nick Eber. And of course, when the show is over, if you miss any of it, you can catch the podcast almost immediately after the show at our podcast network, a terrific place, great content there, the Believe uh, Podcast Network, B-L-E-A-V, look us up there. All right, I'm going to take a break and be right back to kick it off on World Soccer Radio.
All right, uh, thanks for staying with me here on World Soccer Radio. I'm Nick Gieber. It is great to be with you. It's great to be back talking Premier League football, talking Champions League, talking the beauty of the global game. And there is a lot of it, lots of it. And even with the UK going back into lockdown, we're still going to see the Premier League. I think uh, Boris Johnson and the, uh, the government has finally come to the realization that when these players play in a bubble, it's being administered very well by the Premier League. And the people need this. They need their bread and circuses, especially when they're locked up in their home, not able to go to work, getting 80% of their wages, which is what the, uh, the UK government is paying people for staying home as they lock down for at least another 30 days. But we're still going to have the Premier League. And for that, uh, we are very thankful. Look, in the last segment, we talked a little bit about the stadia and the lack of fans and what that means to the game. And the point I'm trying to make is that if you want a season of topsy-turvy season of upsets, of things that just don't make sense, you've got it. And of course, we'll know a lot more in the next match week when Liverpool are going to play Manchester City in Manchester. Everton are going to host Man United at Goodison Park. These are huge games of enormous import. And in any season, the last two, three, four seasons, you would have said Liverpool, Man City. You, would you have believed Liverpool first in the table today and Manchester City currently 10th in the table? The problem is that Man City aren't just COVID and no fans, however. The problem is that Man City have a lot more to do with the end of a cycle. And I talk about this a lot on my shows, if you listen to it. We talk about football being cyclical. Look, 10 years ago, or maybe even longer now, you never would have imagined that Manchester United would be struggling. So Alex Ferguson was at the helm. They had incredible talent coming up. They were had lots of money. They bought great players. They sort of seemed to win every title every year. They were the unstoppable force. But they finally met an immovable object, and that immovable object is time. The Alex Ferguson era came to an end. Man United found just how difficult it was to replace both the manager and the system. And I don't just mean the system he played on the pitch. I mean the entire system, the system of player acquisition, the system of player development, keeping up with the Joneses, being able to stay toe-to-toe, toe-to-toe with you know, high-spending teams like uh, Chelsea and particularly Manchester City. So everything eventually comes to a close in one form or another, and, and not necessarily a close, it's a change. And if you ask me about Manchester City, I'm going to say one thing. There's one word I'm going to use to describe Manchester City, and that is stale. This is a team to whom winning the Premier League wasn't a driving goal every day. They really didn't have much, le- much more to prove in domestic football. But what they did have was a lot to prove in the Champions League. And that has been elusive to them. And of course, Pep Guardiola, as brilliant as he is, as brilliant as a tactician he is, as brilliant 
of a man manager as he is because he is a brilliant man manager it just seems like the fire has gone out of their belly and you see it i mean you look at man united are you telling me that that team that took to the field to play arsenal had fire in their belly they didn't now whether or not Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is the right manager or not I certainly have my opinion on that it is a different question but things change cycles come and go teams that were once great always fall off their perch it happened to Liverpool of course you know one every year seemingly a year in year out and then Man United picked up the mantle and they didn't win the Premier League for decades they get a new manager, they get a new owner, they get an influx of cash, they get adult leadership, and all of a sudden, they become the team du jour. And you can argue that Liverpool had a lot of success in Europe over the years as well, in between this sort of long Premier League drought. Of course, topped off by last year's win, and the year before, losing by only one point to Manchester City. That put fire in their belly. So Man City, look, they've still got great players. I mean, there's no denying that. They've still got a great manager. There's no denying that. But maybe, maybe, just maybe, there's complacency that has entered the picture at Man City. And sometimes that complacency can only be cured by having a good old-fashioned clean-out. And I think unless Manchester City can really pull it up this season, and I do predict as we get further on in the season, uh, they will rise in the table and <clears throat> be in that top four, of course. But unless they have success in the Premier League or success in Europe, forget the FA Cup, forget the League Cup. I, I think Pep Guardiola's his contract's coming up. He's not going to renew. He's going to want a new challenge, and then and then you have problems at Manchester City. By the way, I wouldn't be surprised if Liverpool have similar problems if Jurgen Klopp were to up and leave next next year, which of course he's not going to do. He's still under contract. But you know, it, it's like that. It's the glue that holds it together. When that glue melts, the pieces fall off. Uh, another great example is Arsenal. Of course, the Arsene Wenger era. I mean, they had a lot of success in cup runs and they won the Premier League a few times and they did win the Wenger Trophy seemingly every year. You know what, what I mean, finishing top four. But, you know, Wenger leaves, they struggle. They bring in uh, Mikel Arteta. I actually like what Arteta's doing at Arsenal. I think they've got some good players. They've got some young players. I think they've got a good season. And I think they are starting to get that winning feeling. I think they are starting to get that burning fire in their belly that is eluding teams like Man United and Man City right now. What do you think? I'd love to hear from you on this. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. You can't put it all down to lack of fans in the stadiums, folks. That's something to do with it, absolutely. But it has to do with motivation. It has to do with a desire to prove something to the world. What on earth do Man City have to prove to anybody about that team? 
but they do have to prove to everybody that that team can compete in Europe and show the world that they are the best team in the world, which right now, by the way, I do not think they are. But we see this. We see this all the time. Compound that with COVID. Compound, compound that with no fans. Compound that with some teams that have a lot to prove. Everton, new money. West Ham, lots of money. Leeds United, back in the Premier League. Isn't that great, by the way? Newcastle United. I, uh, <laughs> the poor, <laughs> the bride that's constantly at the altar, but the groom keeps leaving. I mean, one day they'll get a decent owner. And then you've got these sort of weird teams, Tottenham, for example. <clears throat> it's almost like when Tottenham left White Hart Lane, their soul was ripped from them, much the same as you saw with Arsenal when they left Highbury and went to the Emirates. There was something about the legendary Highbury. There was something about the expectation. You were going to go to Highbury, it was going to be a tough game. But they went to the Emirates, and you just didn't see it. Now, of course, you could talk about spending, absolutely. You could talk about ownership, Stan Kroenke, and not wanting to spend money. You could talk about the lies that you were told by Arsenal ownership about how wonderful it was going to be when they moved to the new stadium, and you know they were going to be debt-free, and they were going to have all this money that they could finally put towards players, and they'd be on a firm financial footing. Of course, none of that happened. I mean, they're owned by one of the cheapest owners on the planet, Stan Kroenke, a man who is can dress himself in uh, millions and millions of dollars, but just doesn't like to spend it. And Tottenham Hotspur, much the same. You know, White Hart Lane was an intimidating place to go play. Go to a new stadium? Eh, not so much. Uh, you know, look, you can make the comparison to American football, right? <clears throat> you know, how tough is it to go to Green Bay and play? It, it's, it's very tough. But what about fans coming to play the Raiders? Is it L.A.? Is it Oakland? Is it Las Vegas? I mean, it's just a team and a logo. That's the difference. That's the cycle of change that I'm talking about. And we have reached a point in the Premier League today where you are seeing a convergence of all of these things. The cycle of football hitting a number of big teams. You've got COVID hitting. You've got a lot of teams leaving their, uh, their, their ancestral homes, so to speak, and trying to put down new roots, and it, it just not really uh, happening. I mean, really, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium has the same atmosphere as White Hart Lane? Come on. Yeah, it's a beautiful stadium, state-of-the-art, gorgeous place. But is it White Hart Lane? I asked Tottenham fans, is it White Hart Lane? Mm, I don't think so. All right, got to run. Be right back in three minutes. Stay with me here. Nick Eber on World Soccer Radio. All right, uh, thanks for staying with me here on World Soccer Radio. I'm Nick Gieber. 
It is great to be with you. It's great to be back talking Premier League football, talking Champions League, talking the beauty of the global game. And there is a lot of it, lots of it. And even with the UK going back into lockdown, we're still going to see the Premier League. I think uh, Boris Johnson and the, uh, the government has finally come to the realization that when these players play in a bubble, it's being administered very well by the Premier League. And the people need this. They need their bread and circuses, especially when they're locked up in their home, not able to go to work, getting 80% of their wages, which is what the uh, the UK government is paying people for staying home as they lock down for at least another 30 days. But we're still going to have the Premier League. And for that, uh, we are very thankful. Look, in the last segment, we talked a little bit about the stadia and the lack of fans and what that means to the game. And the point I'm trying to make is that if you want a season of topsy-turvy season of upsets, of things that just don't make sense, you've got it. And of course, we'll know a lot more in the next match week when Liverpool are going to play Manchester City in Manchester. Everton are going to host Man United at Goodison Park. These are huge games of enormous import. And in any season, the last two, three, four seasons, you would have said Liverpool, Man City. You, would you have believed Liverpool first in the table today and Manchester City currently 10th in the table? The problem is that Man City aren't just COVID and no fans, however. The problem is that Man City have a lot more to do with the end of a cycle. And I talk about this a lot on my shows, if you listen to it. We talk about football being cyclical. Look, 10 years ago, or maybe even longer now, you never would have imagined that Manchester United would be struggling. So Alex Ferguson was at the helm. They had incredible talent coming up. They were had lots of money. They bought great players. They sort of seemed to win every title every year. They were the unstoppable force. But they finally met an immovable object, and that immovable object is time. The Alex Ferguson era came to an end. Man United found just how difficult it was to replace both the manager and the system. And I don't just mean the system he played on the pitch. I mean the entire system, the system of player acquisition, the system of player development, keeping up with the Joneses, being able to stay toe-to-toe, toe-to-toe with you know, high-spending teams like uh, Chelsea and particularly Manchester City. So everything eventually comes to a close in one form or another, and, and not necessarily a close, it's a change. And if you ask me about Manchester City, I'm going to say one thing. There's one word I'm going to use to describe Manchester City, and that is stale. This is a team to whom winning the Premier League wasn't a driving goal every day. They really didn't have much le- much more to prove in domestic football. But what they did have was a lot to prove in the Champions League. And that has been elusive to them. And of course, Pep Guardiola, as brilliant as he is, as brilliant as a tactician he is, as brilliant of a man-manager as he is, because he is a brilliant man-manager, 
it just seems like the fire has gone out of their belly. And you see it. I mean, you look at Man United. Are you telling me that that team that took to the field to play Arsenal had fire in their belly? They didn't. Now, whether or not Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is the right manager or not, I certainly have my opinion on that, is a different question. But things change. Cycles come and go. Teams that were once great always fall off their perch. It happened to Liverpool, of course, you know, one every year, seemingly, year in, year out, and then Man United picked up the mantle and they didn't win the Premier League for decades. They get a new manager, they get a new owner, they get an influx of cash, they get adult leadership, and all of a sudden they become the team du jour. And you can argue that Liverpool had a lot of success in Europe over the years as well in between this sort of long Premier League drought. Of course, topped off by last year's win and the year before losing by only one point to Manchester City. That put fire in their belly. So Man City, look, they've still got great players. I mean, there's no denying that. They've still got a great manager. There's no denying that. But maybe, maybe, just maybe, there's complacency that has entered the picture at Man City. And sometimes that complacency can only be cured by having a good old-fashioned clean-out. And I think unless Manchester City can really pull it up this season, and I do predict as we get further on in the season, uh, they will rise in the table and <clears throat> be in that top four, of course. But unless they have success in the Premier League or success in Europe, forget the FA Cup, forget the League Cup. I, I think Pep Guardiola's his contract's coming up. He's not going to renew. He's going to want a new challenge, and then and then you have problems at Manchester City. By the way, I wouldn't be surprised if Liverpool have similar problems if Jurgen Klopp were to up and leave next next year, which of course he's not going to do. He's still under contract. But you know, it, it's like that. It's the glue that holds it together. When that glue melts, the pieces fall off. Uh, another great example is Arsenal course the Arsene Wenger era I mean they had a lot of success in cup runs and they won the Premier League a few times and they did win the Wenger trophy seemingly every year you know what I mean finishing top four but you know Wenger leaves they struggle they bring in uh, Mikel Arteta I actually like what Arteta is doing at Arsenal I think they've got some good players they've got some young players I think they've got a good season and I think they are starting to get that winning feeling I think they are starting to get that burning fire in their belly that is eluding teams like Man United and Man City right now. What do you think? I'd love to hear from you on this. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. You can't put it all down to lack of fans in the stadiums, folks. That's something to do with it, absolutely. But it has to do with motivation. It has to do with a desire to prove something to the world. What on earth do Man City have to prove to anybody about that team? But they do have to prove to everybody that that team can compete in Europe 
and show the world that they are the best team in the world, which right now, by the way, I do not think they are. But we see this. We see this all the time. Compound that with COVID. Compound, compound that with no fans. Compound that with some teams that have a lot to prove. Everton, new money. West Ham, lots of money. Leeds United, back in the Premier League. Isn't that great, by the way? Newcastle United. I, uh, <laughs> the poor, <laughs> the bride that's constantly at the altar, but the groom keeps leaving. I mean, one day they'll get a decent owner. And then you've got these sort of weird teams. Tottenham, for example. <clears throat> it's almost like when Tottenham left White Hart Lane, their soul was ripped from them. Much the same as you saw with Arsenal when they left Highbury and went to the Emirates. There was something about the legendary Highbury. There was something about the expectation. You were going to go to Highbury, it was going to be a tough game. But they went to the Emirates and you just didn't see it. Now, of course, you could talk about spending, absolutely. You could talk about ownership, Stan Kroenke, and not wanting to spend money. You could talk about the lies that you were told by Arsenal ownership about how wonderful it was going to be when they moved to the new stadium and you know they were going to be debt-free and they were going to have all this money that they could finally put towards players and they'd be on a firm financial footing. Of course, none of that happened. I mean, they're owned by one of the cheapest owners on the planet, Stan Kroenke, a man who is can dress himself in uh, millions and millions of dollars, but just doesn't like to spend it. And Tottenham Hotspur, much the same. You know, White Hart Lane was an intimidating place to go play. Go to a new stadium? Eh, not so much. Uh, you know, look, you can make the comparison to American football, right? <clears throat> you know, how tough is it to go to Green Bay and play? It, it's, it's very tough. But what about fans coming to play the Raiders? Is it L.A.? Is it Oakland? Is it Las Vegas? I mean, it's just a team and a logo. That's the difference. That's the cycle of change that I'm talking about. And we have reached a point in the Premier League today where you are seeing a convergence of all of these things. The cycle of football hitting a number of big teams. You've got COVID hitting. You've got a lot of teams leaving their, uh, their, their ancestral homes, so to speak, and trying to put down new roots, and it, it just not really uh, happening. I mean, really, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium has the same atmosphere as White Hart Lane? Come on. Yeah, it's a beautiful stadium, state-of-the-art, gorgeous place. But is it White Hart Lane? I asked Tottenham fans, is it White Hart Lane? Mm, I don't think so. All right, got to run. Be right back in three minutes. Stay with me here. Nick Eber on World Soccer Radio. Sex and drugs and rock and roll is all my brain and body need. Drugs and rock and roll. All my brain and body need. Welcome back, World Soccer Radio. I'm your host, Nick Eber. Great to be with you. By the way, big hello to our men and women in uniform listening on the American Forces Network. Great to speak to you guys. And if you're listening on Sirius XM 
or an affiliate station of the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I welcome you to the show. I'm with you each and every weeknight. These is actually night nowadays, uh, Monday through Friday, on these very networks. And if you miss any of the show, never fear. You can find it immediately upon its conclusion at our podcast network, which is the Believe Podcast Network, B-L-E-A-V, the Believe Podcast Network. Lots of great content on there, and I encourage everybody uh, to go check it out. You will not regret it. Um, you know, we talk about COVID, and that's really been the subject of the show because it's my first show back, really, since the extended COVID break, and I join you seven games into the Premier League season. But so many changes in just the last few years, and uh, I'm thinking in particular about how we actually consume the Premier League these days which is through Peacock, which is the NBC streaming platform. And nowadays, all the sports that you want are streaming. And I know there's a lot of people that don't like it. I, for one, love it. And I'll tell you why. First of all, the Premier League this year in the UK did a deal with Sky Sports where if there was a team outside of your market, you could watch them you could watch each game that you wanted to, but it was £15. That's about, what, $20, $18, something like that. And the outcry has been so enormous that the Premier League are now having to rethink that strategy and will hopefully make it available for a lot less. One of the things that I appreciate about what we have, first of all, let me just tell you, I thank God... Every Champions League match day that TNT gave up the rights to the Champions League. That was the most awful programming and coverage you could imagine. If you remember how awful that was. What, with Steve Nash and all the guys with the big hair and the hipsters and the... Oh, it's just awful. Now the Champions League is on CBS and, you know, for what, five bucks a month? You can get Champions League, you can get Europa League, you get all the programming on CBS. I don't know if you like Star Trek or anything like that. That's all on there. Same thing with Peacock. I don't know, what's that, eight, nine, ten bucks a month? You can get every Premier League game you want to see on the streaming platform. And if you miss it live, you don't have to worry about setting your recorder because it's right there for you. That, to me, is the way it should be. Because... Look, if there's nothing on CBS that you like, when the European seasons are over, you can cancel it. I think it's only five or six bucks a month. By the way, ESPN Plus, also, great value. I subscribe to all of these channels, and I'm still paying substantially less than I am for this sort of Mondo Direct TV package I used to have back in the day, and I can get it on any of my mobile devices. It really is an incredible way to consume the sport you love. And particularly with COVID coming down, and people being locked up, and well, I mean, locked up like in prison, but you know, locked down. Uh, I think it's terrific. You can watch every match you want to watch when you want to watch it. And uh, I just think we're very, very lucky here in the U.S. to have this because we could be in the U.K. right now. You, if you're a fan of, say, Brighton, you'd have to spend 15 bucks a weekend to watch Brighton. I mean, or Fulham, or any one of the sort of teams that are not necessarily the. Uh, the most popular ones that are going to make the uh, free NBC uh, over-the-air broadcast or the NBCSN standard cable broadcast. 
I, I think it's terrific. I'd love to know what you think. Uh, hit me up on Twitter, at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. I would love to know what you think about the state of the sport in terms of how you watch it as a fan. And it's funny, you know, when I look at the sp uh, sports here in the United States, you know, we've just had an NBA final that the Lakers won. We had the Major League Baseball World Series that the Dodgers won, two L.A. teams winning. But the numbers, the viewership numbers, were some of the lowest on record. And typically you get that, you know, when you have uh, an out-of-market team. Milwaukee, for example. I, no, no disrespect to people that live in Wisconsin, but it's not a major, major market team. The Brewers or the Bucks or whichever team is in Milwaukee. I'm just wondering how long it's going to take until American sports really start to follow suit in a big way. And that will gut a lot of the leagues, unfortunately, because what's happening is it's the television money that drives the leagues. And if you start going to streaming dollars, well, I imagine if you are a fan of Major League Baseball, you'll probably be paying $15, $18, dollars for an out-of-market game. And I don't know if that's good or not, but I, I certainly, for, for football, for soccer, we are blessed. We are very lucky uh, to have what we have with this incredible selection. There's basically every match you want to see, you can see. And that is fantastic. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's, um, a, a couple of interesting um, thoughts that I had uh, this season, and I wanted to talk about it uh, once the show started because I, it's sort of been on my mind. And I want to talk about Premier League managers for a minute. Can you remember a time in the, in the Premier League when we have had a slate of managers in the Premier League? First of all, um, I think, what do we have, eight or nine English managers in the Premier League? Steve Bruce, Chris Wilder, uh, Scotty Parker at uh, Fulham, uh, Roy Hodgson, Frank Lampard, Sean Dyche, Graham Potter, Dean Smith, all English managers. And you add to that the sort of marquee managers that are managing in the Premier League. I'm talking about uh, Ancelotti. I'm talking about Marcelo Bielsa at Leeds United, for crying out loud. Um, I'm talking about, uh, obviously, uh, Jose Mourinho and David Moyes and, and most certainly, of course, um, Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola. I mean, we have some major marquee managers right now in the Premier League. This is going to be a battle, a fight to the death this season in the Premier League. And, you know, <laughs> let's not forget how, what an incredible season Brendan Rodgers had last season with Leicester City, outperforming all the pundits and all the naysayers, except for my friend John Barr, who had Leicester City finishing very high up in the table last season, and they did very well. But, I mean, Ancelotti at Liverpool, come on, Bielsa at Leeds United. You add that to Guardiola and Mourinho and Klopp, it's incredible what we have right now. Don't forget uh, Nuno Espirito Santo at uh, Wolves, I thought did a great job last season. For me, the biggest uh, disappointment so far, and of course Slavin Bilic at uh, West Brom. For me, the biggest disappointment so far this season, though, has to be Sheffield United. I really enjoyed uh, their uh, season last year. I thought they had an incredible season, Sheffield. They finished in ninth place. They had uh, they had a, a kind of a poor run at the end of the season. They lost their last three games in a row. 
Yeah, they managed 14 wins on the season, right? I mean, that's pretty impressive. Unfortunately, this season, uh, I don't know if it's, it's probably injuries, but you know what a lot of it is? There are a lot of very strong teams with money in the Premier League right now. I think the standard of play in the Premier League has increased exponentially, and the gap is going to close at the top. There's no doubt. Liverpool are not a lock to win the title this year, although I do think they have the best team in the Premier League. They have the most gelled team. They have the team with the best manager, I think. Not not the best manager like Jurgen Klopp is the world's most skilled manager, and there's no one better. But I mean, for the time that he spent with the team, molding the team that he wants, and he's right now coming into the sweet spot of his of his cycle, as opposed to say Guardiola, who's now you know coming to the end of it. Liverpool are going to be a tough team to beat. There's no doubt. Of course, you know anomalies anomalies like the 7-2 drubbing they got at Villa Park uh, is, is concerning. The number of goals Liverpool have let in in the last, uh, in the last seven matches is, uh, you know, is a concern. I mean, look, <clears throat> they, um, they, let, uh, they uh, let three goals in at Leeds. Uh, they did, they did uh, hold Chelsea to a clean sheet. Uh, they let Ars- Arsenal scored one. Aston Villa scored seven. Everton scored two, Sheffield scored one, and West Ham have scored. So, I mean, this sort of daunted, much, you know, much daunted Liverpool defense that was so incredible last season. They had, they conceded only 33 goals in the entire season. They have already conceded 15. That's a little less than half the goals they conceded the entire season in only seven games. So, look, Liverpool won last season on the fact that their defense was miserly and their attack was awesome. And this year, well, they're, they're, you know, offensively, I think they look fantastic still. And adding Diogo Jota, terrific addition. And of course, um, Thiago's a great addition. But you have to wonder, I mean, look, <coughs> excuse me, the... The goals Liverpool conceded are not all down to the fact that Virgil van Dijk's been injured. Virgil van Dijk's been injured and out for, what, one game in the Premier League? He was injured in the Everton match? Excuse me, two games. He was injured in the Everton match, and then they played Sheffield, and then they played uh, West Ham. So they've conceded two goals without him, but they conceded 13 goals with him in the first five games. There's a problem there, and I think the problem has more to do with other teams finally figuring out how to get through Liverpool's defense as opposed to, say, a fundamental flaw in the Liverpool defense. That makes sense to you. certainly makes sense to me. But, and that is indicative of what we are going to see this year in the Premier League. The teams are better. The teams have more money. The players are better. The managers are better. They are going to be able to work out how to pick the locks of the big teams. The Man Cities, the Liverpools, the Tottenham's, the Arsenal's, the Chelsea's, the typical big six. It's going to be a lot more competitive this season. Mark my words. You're going to see it happen. It's going to be a very, very interesting Premier League season. When you combine that with the fact that there's no fans in the stadium, you're going to have situations where that sort of home field advantage, that 12th man 
is not going to be there. There'll still be a slight home field edge, but the 12th man is not going to be there to drive the team on when needed. And all of a sudden, you have a completely different-looking Premier League, a completely uh, different-looking set of results, and it's going to be a much more interesting league all the way through to the end. I still think we're going to see the same names at the top, actually. I don't know what order yet, because ultimately, the cream does rise to the top. But it's going to be a lot more fun to get there. Now, I was li- I'm a Liverpool fan, so I really thoroughly enjoyed last season. I think my disappointment last season was they kind of took their foot off the gas after a while. And once it was clear that Man City weren't going to catch them and they were going to win the league, it was, they sort of backed off a little bit. Uh, but it's going to be a very interesting season to watch all of this unfold. And very quickly, because I've just got a few seconds left, I talk about betonline.ag, uh, who's our sponsor, and this show is presented by BetOnline. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun to place a few fun wages this season on the Premier League. All right, I'm going to step aside, take a break. I'll be right back to wrap it all up here on the return of World Soccer Radio. All right, welcome back to the show. World Soccer Radio, Mick Eber with you. We are presented by betonline.ag and coming to you on Sirius XM and the Sports Byline Broadcast Network as well as, as, well as American Forces uh, Radio Network. Great to be with you. I'm with you every Monday through Friday on these very networks. And if you missed any part of the show, check us out on our podcast network. That is the Believe Podcast Network, B-L-E-A-V. Look, that's just about going to wrap up the show for today. There's lots of stuff to talk about. Of course, we're going to talk about the teams and the signings and the players and the results and the table and all of that stuff, but also the business of the game. Because that, in many respects, is what makes global football the most compelling soap opera. And uh, uh, let me back up. Not even the best reality show on television today. It's truly unscripted. And I guarantee you, in the last segment, we spoke about managers and table position and goals conceded. By the time we get to the end of the season, that will have completely changed. I guarantee you we'll have four or five managerial changes. We're going to have people, teams leaping other tables, uh, t- uh, teams leaping other teams in the tables. We're going to have surprises. We're going to have more surprise results like we did at Villa Park, 7-2, Aston Villa, Liverpool. It's going to be a fantastic season, folks, and I hope you'll stay right with me here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, Sirius XM, and the American Forces Network as we go through it and enjoy the season in its entirety. All right, uh, so uh, once again, you can find me. I'm on Twitter at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for World Soccer Radio. You'll find us there. In the meantime, have a great night, and we'll chat to you tomorrow. Enjoy the football, and let's get ready to talk.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.